Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about weighing the idealistic commands of God with an unideal world. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about how we apply this idealistic faith that we have with the reality of a dark and thoroughly unideal world. You know, Jesus said that we should have mercy as our Father has mercy on us and to do unto others what we would have done to us. And those are all nice to hang up on posters in children's classes, but we're in the real world here. You know, of course, we should be nice when we can. We should be generous when we can. We should love others when we can. But life seems to tell us at some point we can't anymore. It's just not practical. And so those fruits of the Spirit are useful in the good times, but we think we should stow them away when they stop seeming reasonable. And we look at people who cling to God's idealistic commands like kindness and love and mercy and generosity as weak. They don't have the stomach to do the hard but necessary things. You know, the world writes them off as losers. But God gave us this book of books to show us that the people who the world would call weak are actually the strongest of all. You know, time after time in scripture, you find the little guy beating the big guy. You have Moses who confronts Pharaoh, the most powerful leader in the world at that day, and he wins. You have Gideon facing off against thousands upon thousands of, of trained soldiers with an army of only 300 men. You have David as a little shepherd boy in his sling going against an equipped giant of a man, Goliath. And again and again and again in scripture, the strong fail and the weak win because all of those weak guys served God. And as it says in Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? You, you even have Jesus who made himself weak and allowed himself to be crucified. And time after time, God turns weakness into strength. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see this statement from Paul that, that just doesn't fit into how we normally think about the world. He writes there, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, despite what conventional wisdom says, there is power in weakness. Philippians 4.13 promises us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I gain his strength. I gain his power, his ability to deal with the storms of life. And when we understand that, it is the most exciting thing. But too often, we flip the parts in this verse. And so we live our lives backwards. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. But subconsciously, we are operating on the principle that Christ can do all things through us. We live like God needs us. He needs our time. He needs us to sit in some pews. He depends on me giving some money once a week. God wants us to glorify him. He is a jealous God and he wants us to serve him. That's true, but let's be clear. He will survive without us. We won't survive without him though. Until we really let that sink in, we're always gonna have 
an overinflated view of our own strength. We're always going to try to keep relying on our own resources and abilities and knowledge, and we're always going to have a hard time living up to what we see as these idealistic goals of the Bible in an unideal world. We won't be kind, we won't be merciful, we won't be generous all the time, only when it seems practical to us. Because ultimately, we don't trust God to provide and care for us. We only trust ourselves to do that. Even when we talk about doing things for God with Him in mind, the temptation is still to lean on ourselves and our knowledge and our resources and our abilities instead of God. But here in 2 Corinthians 12, we find that Paul might have been tempted with that feeling. Just two verses earlier from what we already read, Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh that was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure, concerning the thing I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. You know, God allowed a thorn in the flesh of Paul because it would have been easy to see Paul get conceited. I mean, come on, 2,000 years later, here we are talking about Paul. Whenever he spoke, large crowds gathered around him. They were convicted of the truth of Jesus Christ. He was doing powerful things. He uh, started dozens of congregations. He was inspired by the Spirit. He wrote half of the New Testament, the most influential book in all of human history. You know, even if he didn't fully recognize how important the work he was doing was, and I think he had some idea, it would still be hard not to suffer a little bit of pride. You might start to think that he had accomplished quite a lot all by himself. And that's the core of most of our temptation. You know, we forget that God made us strong and we become proud because we think that, that somehow we had this strength ourselves. And I love the passage in Deuteronomy where the Israelites, they were reminded not to forget God. It says there, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have been eat or have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwelt in them. And when your herds and your flocks, they multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where you had no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, well, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day, you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Do not forget God, where you may perish. That's the message. Paul, he was given a thorn in his flesh 
to torment him, reminding him that on his own, he was weak. Everything he had came from God. It was God who made him strong. The Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That is the universal truth of Christ's kingdom. The strength of Christ's kingdom is our weakness. Practically speaking, we don't think weakness is an attribute to be desired. For practical purposes, we think things like kindness and love and generosity and mercy and following God, they may be good sometimes, but if they're taken too far, they're weaknesses, they're idealistic goals, but we're living in an unideal world. Ultimately, we say the winner is going to be the one who is willing to do the hard things when necessary and step over anyone who gets in their way. But God, over and over, shows us we can try that, but as long as we are relying on our own abilities, eventually it will come to nothing. Our strength will never be enough. So put aside the practicalities and boast in your infirmities, in your reproaches, in your needs, in your persecutions, and in your distresses for Christ's sake. For when we are weak, that is when God makes us truly strong. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's Word with you next time. Hey there, thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word, and I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people every day with the message of Jesus. Most importantly, though, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.